Friends, if you are like me, you have an abundance of song lyrics stuck in your head. I know lyrics to songs I don't even like. There's something about music and words paired together that can be very memorable. And so our sermon series is looking at some of the hymns of our faith and what they can teach us about the gospel. And we will be talking about standing on the promises of God. So listen now to the words of 2 Peter, the first chapter, verses 1 through 8. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith as precious as ours through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, may grace and peace be yours in abundance in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything needed for life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Thus, he has given us through these things his precious and very great promises. So that through them you may escape from the corruption that is in the world because of lust and may become participants of the divine nature. For this very reason, you must make every effort to support your faith with goodness and goodness with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with endurance and endurance with godliness, and godliness with mutual affection, and mutual affection with love. For if these things are yours, and are increasing among you from being, they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, we are gathered here on this beautiful morning to be built up in our faith and to hear a word from you. It is my prayer that everything that is human would fall away and that we would be left with the sure and certain knowledge of your word speaking hope and love into our very lives. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to think about a time when you stepped out on faith. Think of a time when you were called to do something and the stakes were high and you had no idea how it was going to turn out, which is also the very definition of parenthood. Yes, the stakes are high. You have no idea how it's going to go. These are times when we feel that we are being nudged to a certain direction, to a certain action, 
And until we move through it in faith, we find ourselves really rooted in fear because we, we realize we have so little control over the outcome. For me, the last time that this really came to bear in my life is when my family moved here to Huntsville. I was afraid to take a family that was rooted and flourishing and bring them to a new place. And so what happened is in my head, I would constantly have a thousand scenarios that all ended in just one way, tears. And one of us saying, we never should have moved. Right? That's where my fear took me over and over again. And so I would find myself trying to think of all the ways I could prevent this terrible thing, whatever it is, from happening. So much fear. That's a bit of what the new church is going through when Peter writes this letter to them. Now, we are told that this is written by Simon Peter, but it's written at the end of the first century. It's most likely written by a church leader who is using Simon Peter's name so that people will listen and pay attention. That was a very common thing to do at that time. And it's significant because at the end of the first century, all of the original apostles are dead. All of those people who walked with Jesus Christ are gone. All of the people, the apostle Paul, who came and told them the good news, they have died. And so the church finds itself in this place where they're not quite sure how to go on. There's no template. There's no map for how they should move into the future. The other issue is that the early church was sure that Jesus was going to return at the second coming very, very soon. They were sure of it. Remember in the Bible, in the Gospels, where Jesus says, you will not know the time? They were still sure they knew the time. And they thought it was going to come quickly. And so they find themselves where the people who first told them the Gospel and who knew Jesus, they have gone. And they are left knowing that they have to carry on and they never imagined it. I, I wonder what kind of fear they must have had. Combine that with the fact that they are living in a time where Christians are often persecuted. And Peter writes this letter to a church that is utterly frightened and worried and they don't know how to go on. And Peter tells them two things. And the first is this. Peter tells them that the promises of God the promises that they believed in when the apostles were alive, the promises that they believed in that Paul told them about, they're still true even though those people have died. Leaders rise and fall. Generations rise and fall. And yet the very promises of God remain true from one generation to the next. It is the greatest truth of our lives that we have been promised God's presence and God's care and God's forgiveness, God's love. It is a promise. And whether you are the church in the first century 
or the church now, the promises remain true. But here's what I think the bigger issue is for the early church, and it's the issue for me when I find myself trying to step out on faith. It's that they know that God has been a part of their history, and they know that God is a part of their now. But when they look to the future, they forget that God will be there also. There is no future that the church of Jesus Christ will walk into that God will not be there with God's promises. And friends, there's no future that you or I can walk into that God will not be there too, caring for us, loving us, and guiding us. Brett taught our Summer Saints Sunday School class today, and he talked about Mary, the mother of Jesus. And some of us marveled that his mother was able to be there when he was crucified. And I imagine the only way she was able to do that is because she also believed God was there and that God would be in the future too. When that fear gets a hold of us and when it all seems too much, it is important to remember that the promises of God that were true then and are true now will also be true well into the future so we can take hope. The first century church can take hope. And here's the other truth about those people who will be guiding the church. Man, they're going to mess it up. They're going to mess it up so much. There are going to be times when the church of Jesus Christ has defined itself by who they keep out more than who they allow in. And that is sinful and counter to the words of Jesus Christ. And still yet the church will do good, not because of humanity, but because of God being in that future with us. The early church who was so afraid of being persecuted to several hundred years later will go on crusades and kill people in the name of Jesus Christ. And still yet, God will be there, rebuking those who need it, changing hearts and minds, and enabling the church to flourish even when we've gotten it so very wrong. We will take pastoral authority and mess that all up too. Because there will come a time when the priest of the church will say, you know what, if you give me enough money, I can make sure you're forgiven. We will sell indulgences. We will get it so very wrong. And the reformation will happen. And we will have leaders who stand up and say, man, we've messed this up. We need to reform and look at what we do. Because God is in that future working for God's promises. The church will use biblical texts to justify slavery. And we will also repent of it and turn again to God, knowing that God is a God of love, but also of justice. And there is nothing just about the institution of slavery. It is good news for the church that the Lord God goes before us. And that the Lord God guides us and forgives us. It is good news 
that for 200 or more years, people have sat in these pews and been faithful to the best of their ability, and they've messed it up, and still yet we are here, and I count myself lucky to be a part of this congregation. Remember that God goes before you and that there is no future that you can walk into that the Lord God won't be there offering love, offering guidance. The good news of the gospel is that it's less about us and more about God's promise and the Holy Spirit's leading. Sometimes I think the most faithful thing the church can do when we are in doubt is to be quiet and pray and ask for God's guiding and only move forward into the future when we are sure that God has spoken. It's scary, but it's only scary because it's our imagining. Friedrich Buechner has said that he feels like God says, here is the world. Great and terrible things will happen. Do not be afraid. Great and terrible things will happen. Do not be afraid. You can stand on the promises of God. Amen.